Today's episode is brought to you by Seed, DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Hey, it's Sasha Exeter and welcome back to my friends Do Dope Shit. I feel so lucky not only to have this guest on the pod today, but I also get to call this woman my IG friend. She's a creator, mama, advocate, entrepreneur, investor, author, and the founder of HB Fit. She's also a pretty damn good DJ too. Y'all know who I'm talking about, the one and only Hannah Brompton. Hi. Oh my goodness. I am so excited for this combo. Me too. Also, can I just say like how cool it is that you have a podcast. I love watching you thrive. Thank you. But it's been such a joy to watch your personal growth and your business growth and the family growth and the brand growth. Um, When you look back at when you started, are you still a little shocked or surprised at your huge success? I think success is uh, relative. I have built this brand slowly but surely. And I have to say it is very rewarding to sit back and look at the growth that we have had and to see where the brand is now and the path that it really paved for people who look like me to do all the things, right? The creators, the wellness entrepreneurs. Because when I first started out, not saying that there weren't those people, but we didn't see them. So you're like a lot of women's wellness gurus. (laughs) And that is a main pillar for your brand. Was there like a pivotal moment in your life that made you curious about wellness or has this kind of always been your jam throughout your life? Well, I will say like my mom is definitely wellness forward and always has been. I grew up exposed to acupuncture. My mom used to do Reiki on me as a kid. And so the world of like holistic alternative medicine was definitely just another path that was not unfamiliar. Well, a few things happened. That was like the moment that I realized that like I was a wellness girl. First of all, I've always been a crazy consumer. So I've loved products yeah, for as long as I can remember. Beauty products, kitchen products, cooking products. I, I would, I would, I, you know, I would watch infomercials. I wanted to buy from infomercials. Like I was a product obsessed girl growing up. But it really wasn't until I was in college and I had started DJing. And when I left school in 2010 with like a fine art degree, and it was like an economic disaster, I basically started DJing nightclubs in the city. And that took off for me. And that's kind of what I was doing for about two years straight. I'd sleep all day. I'd be going to the club partying all night, barely feeding myself. I had terrible skin. And I just thought to myself, I have completely lost the plot in terms of my health journey. And so it was in that moment where I said to myself, I need to make a shift. And it really started with something I wanted to change outwardly. You know, my skin was a mess and I was like, okay, I need to start to like change my skin, but I was going on all these antibiotics, which ultimately led to slippery slope, my gut being all out of whack. And so that was where I started is with my gut and that unlocked 
and unleashed a... There's layers to that gut health story beyond how it affects everything. And I totally, I'm picking up what you're putting down because I've had my own challenges with that. Um, and I know you do speak to that quite a bit and that education is key Yeah, because I think a lot of people are caught up with the topical stuff and doing all of these other things that are really not getting to the root of the problem. Totally. And I wanted to fix something topically, but I, I knew I had to go to the root and I, and it also, you know, your, your gut affects your mental health so much, you know, most of your serotonin is made in the gut. And so I just, that's really where the wellness journey started for me. It was fascinating to say the least. I started my journey alongside this platform that allowed for transparency. And that combination is what propelled me forward in this industry. 100%. Talking about the industry, you and I both know um, how challenging it could be to be Mm -hmm. women of color um, in a space that wasn't necessarily designed for people that look like us. How have you kind of like navigated or endured the bullshit? Also, more importantly, have you felt that you've missed out on opportunities unfairly because of the way you look? I've been in several kind of wellness campaigns in an ensemble of people where I am the only black person. You know, in moments like that, it's hard not to feel tokenized, but I also appreciate being in those rooms because at least there is some visibility for us that's happening at some level. But I do wonder, am I a more corporate friendly version of what it looks like to be black. More palatable, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think those thoughts though, always just kind of enter in considering growing up in predominantly white spaces. Do I notice the shift? Of course, because the whole world is now theatrically (laughs) shifting. But also what I wanted to ask, and this is a conversation I've been having with a lot of other women of color in our space, is have you ever, on the flip side of this coin, ever faced commentary from the peanut gallery about how you have some of the things in your life or do some of the things or the circles that you're in as a black woman. So I have, I have a lot to say on this topic (laughs) and, and I am the first one to say I grew up very privileged. I think that pisses a lot of people off people because It's so ingrained and I can't, I can't speak for Canada as much, but in black America, it is so ingrained in our history that wealth has not been a part of our story. And anytime that it was, it's been massacred down and taken away. There are literal systems set up for black people to fail at creating generational wealth in America period. So I think there's a lot of resentment around being black and wealthy. I think it's a hard thing for some people to palate. We're not there yet. And I I think when we talk about black excellence, we talk about the people who 
are thriving and prospering and, and we idolize them. We put them on pedestals and we say, we want to be like them. But then at the end of the day, when people are trying to build that wealth up or have it or talk about it or don't talk about it, the peanut gallery, it's the easiest thing for them, I think, to grasp onto. I've, I've had so much of my identity come into question from the peanut gallery around, you know, well, she's not even really black because she's rich. Oh, I hate that for you. I hate that for you. I'm like, um, I don't, that's not how this works. That's not (laughs) at all how this works, folks. Ma'am, excuse me. They just see what they want to see. They do a quick Google search. And by the way, the Google search is wrong. So don't even fucking bother. (laughs) So don't go there. Don't start I'm like, the wiki wiki hasn't been updated, babe. (laughs) Let me tell you. Um, So, you know, it is what it is. I think for me, in my personal belief and how I live my day-to-day life, I have tried to create a name, a business, and a brand that stands alone outside of my family. I live off what I earn. And that is my life. Slow clap. So... Like, I don't know. People want to be mad. Let them be mad. Like, this is a good story that kind of sums up what you're talking about. I was in Paris in maybe 2012 and a very prominent black stylist who I'm now friends with was sitting in a cool restaurant waiting for her group of people. I was also sitting in the restaurant. We started chatting. Um, I, by the way, was there with my friend who I was like their fit model. I was just like trying to like, you know, party and DJ where I could. I, I, I wasn't like on some influencer shit that didn't even exist. I was, I was like eating a sandwich in the closet while putting on <laughs> slips. And so I, I was out and this girl was like, oh yeah, you know, all of the you know, black creatives in fashion, we get together and we have this dinner every fashion week. I'm like, oh, wow. Like that sounds really cool. Like I would love to come to that dinner. And she looked at me right in my face and she said, oh, I didn't know you identified like that. Stop it. And I right <laughs> I looked now. right back at her and I said, oh, my mom warned me about people like you. And she was so shocked that I think she was just like, girl, oh, and I said, yeah, it's okay. We can chat another time. Like, whatever. I'm good. And we're friends now. We've talked about that interaction. I was going to ask you if that was ever oh, revisited. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And I, I called her out on that mean girl shit right to her face. And I think she was so shocked um that she knew like okay like god that was a fucked up thing to say like and by the way like how how dare you like what so it was just a really i've you know i've dealt with all sorts of things in my life and you know a lot of them i don't talk about because everything's like a trigger everything's like i I think it's you know we all have this lived experience some people want to act like it's only pertains to them you know. Well, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about personal wellness, which we know is constantly evolving. What are some products that you're using? What are like, is there a new tool that you're absolutely loving? Routine. I'm obsessed with the Solar Wave. Do you know that 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 product? No. It is like a little wand. It's perfect for travel. It's a red light microcurrent product that I just put all over my face 
and I use it and it literally helps drain, lift, sculpt. Listen, it's not as like intense as the new face, right? It's not as big as the new face. Solo wave. Solo wave. S-O-L-A wave. I love it. Hire me. Um, (laughs) And then, you know, I'm loving like... There are so many beauty products that I'm using right now. I mean, I I feel like I'm always going through so many, but there are some amazing products out there that I'm really, really into. I've also started, by the way, speaking of Solo Wave and like gel conductors, CMOS gel. I know everyone's like ingesting it, but topically, I think that's going to be like a new ingredient in serums and like gel skincare. That's wild. Okay. You heard it here first, but yeah, CMOS <laughs> is something that I've taken since I was like three or four. It's very big in the West Indies. Yes. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. So you and your hubby share a lot online and we all love to see it. You share the good, the bad. He's very involved with your your work and your business. And I don't know where I think I read somewhere that he actually like, helps style you sometimes. Oh, every day. It's the cutest thing ever. <laughs> you have shared a lot about your pregnancy journey. You share and talk a lot about being a new mom and you let us in on all the travels and stuff like that and give us wonderlust and make us jealous. But how do you navigate that? And does sometimes, does it feel a bit challenging? Do you ever wake up thinking, I, I, I can't go on stories today. I just can't. I, this is very, I feel like I might be the only person to have this POV, but I literally don't even think about my phone half the time. I've struck a good balance between my personal life and my life online, which I know they are one in the same kind of, but there is so much I also don't share. I think people forget that what they're seeing is two minutes of a 24 hour day. Yeah, of course. Right? There, there's 23 hours of stuff that you didn't see. I live in the moment. I live very present. I don't like, I think my, like the people on my team are like, I think annoyed by the fact that I will take content and then when I get home or the next day, I'll sit down and like upload stories and like one thing. I, I can't just do it on the go and be like, I'm like, I don't like doing that anymore. Also, I like to have you're a conversation. Not present. Exactly. You're not present in the moment. And sometimes the next day you realize, well, I actually kind of don't need to share all of like, totally. I'm also a, a really kind of like energetic person in terms of actually receiving people's energy. I am, I don't know what the word is called, but I'm like an energetic magnet for people. I don't know what it is. You download people's energy. 100%. And people share a lot with me and they share things that I I didn't ask for. (laughs) Like Like in IRL or like through social media or both? So that is something I, I do find. And by the way, I, I love that. I, like I said, I love connecting in person with people. That is where I thrive, but it is something that I have had to learn over the years to really find a practice that allows me to shake off the energy I don't need and reclaim my energy back because that is what I find drains me the most. And who do you go to when shit 
is kind of like you're feeling a bit overwhelmed. Are you into therapy? Yeah. I mean, I smoke a lot of weed. So that is a pro cannabis. That is a daily practice (laughs) for me and is something that really helps ground me. It also energizes me. It also helps me be creative. And I find that, you know, there are different profiles of weed that I like at certain times. So that is something I do at home that or socially or whatever, but that's, I don't, I don't need to look outside for that practice. That is something I do on my own and makes me feel centered in my body. Okay. Baby P. Baby P. Literally the cutest. When we're watching your stories, my daughter Maxwell is like, is he my relative? She's like, yeah, but he looks like he could be my relative. She's like, why haven't I met him yet? I'm like, this is nuts. And no, this is not your cousin. But she's slightly obsessed with him. I love that so much. How old is he now? He'll be two in November. What? I know. It's crazy. Okay. So I remember the vlog that you posted about your fertility journey. Mm -hmm. Wept, wept through that. I remember screaming at my phone with your pregnancy announcement. Mm-hmm. Like I literally like could cry just thinking about it. Um, Thank you. I will not name the names, but I had two very close girlfriends at the time. I'm actually oh, crying. Stop. You're going to make me cry. That were having super challenging times. Like they were like literally about to give up. Uh, on a happy note, they both have babies now. But when you put out that content, I sent it to them immediately in DM, text them. I'm like, go check your DMs. I just sent you something. Like, you're not alone. Follow Hannah's story. And yeah, find solace that you're not the only one and other people are having some really, really challenging times. Mm -hmm. What is one thing that you would share here about that journey that might help somebody that's listening? I mean, the journey is so common. It's like, we feel like we are the only ones who are going down the road, but the road is filled with so many people. And I think, you know, I I really feel like there's been a big shift over the last three years that I've seen more and more communities sharing about their loss, sharing about their journeys, and just really holding space for other people to connect on that level, whether it's happening on social media or on WhatsApp or in your text messages or in IRL. I mean, I feel like, and maybe it's only because I started seeking it out. Once I said to myself, I don't want to suffer in silence about this, This isn't something I should be ashamed of or hold this burden all alone. I felt like once I finally put that out there, the information came, the community came, the stories came, the warriors came. Like it was like literally a door opened that was like, no, come on in because we're all in here together dealing with all sorts of crazy ass shit, crazier shit than I've ever even thought was possible. Imagined. Yeah. I, I'm just constantly reminded by how resilient women are and how annoying is it that we always have to be so fucking resilient. It, it, it's friggin' exhausting. It is exhausting, but it's like, you know, this is like the test of the universe. It's like sometimes it's just these alternate paths that you never thought was going to be your narrative. 
and they hold heartache and they hold so many learnings and hopefully hold positive outcomes. I mean, that's the only way to look at it. And I just think of them as just the building blocks for something else. Totally. And you were chosen to carry these moments and experiences for a reason, no doubt. 100%, 100%. Give me some tea. What's coming down the pipeline? Are you and Brandon going to do any projects together or do you have anything exciting launching? I know you guys just did that cozy set drop with HB Fit. Some tea. I mean, we have we have some really exciting drops coming with on HB Fit, which we're super excited about. Some may or may not be cannabis adjacent. Oh, here's a little piece of tea, which I feel like you would like. I was approached to be on Real Housewives. Okay, I saw yesterday that side Silva's yeah. on it. What? Okay, so... Why was this a no? I've been trying to pitch myself or a show concept for six years, many different iterations. I'm not going to let my TV debut be... Be that. Be that. And by the way, there is nothing wrong with that brand. Listen, it launches a lot of great businesses. It it has done wonders for some people. Um, it is good television. I think Sai is going to thrive in that environment. And I have no doubt that she will be churning out some things by using that platform. But for me, it wasn't right. And I've spent my adult life and career moving away from stereotypes that people have put me in. So there was no way in hell I was going to let that put me back in a box, which I've spent my whole life trying to get out of. You guys have the freaking infrastructure already for an amazing unscripted television <laughs> show. You know, we've we've thought about it. I think there's a world where that can work, but only when there is a network that is ready for positive programming. And, and and truly, I haven't seen a network that's really, you know, committed to that. And so that's the business I'm in. I, I'm, you know, I'm here for positive programming only. So I love yeah. that. Speaking of positivity, what's your relationship with your body like after becoming a new mom? You know, I have to say, after becoming a mom, like... I have had a newfound respect for my body. Isn't it wild what our bodies do? No, no, it's like crazy. And honestly, (sighs) like sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, like whatever. But like, it's just like my body. And then Brendan's always like, no, like you don't. I saw, he's like, he, and then he like pulls up the video. He's like, and then he starts (laughs) crying and I'm like, okay. (sighs) (laughs) so you know sometimes I feel like even though I have this newfound respect it is something I sometimes I do feel like I take my body for granted and those in those moments I'm like no like I am so grateful for you I appreciate and and am blessed to move my body every single day and I will say that after I had had Preston when I stopped breastfeeding and, and when my body kind of like regulated again I really started to hone in on like cycle syncing and balancing my hormones. I noticed that and doing hit workouts yeah. at certain times. Because, yes. you know, I was on fertility drugs for maybe two and a half years before getting pregnant with Preston. So I was really out of whack, out of sync. You know, as much as the things I did to 
feel good or kind of be grounded and whatever. I was pumped full of hormones for a long time. And I, the stress of, of trying to conceive also was not doing me any favors. Not helping. So I really just focused on kind of like getting back to myself, but the self that I had almost like six years ago when I was just about to get married and things seemed like, you know, carefree, no worries, like weren't thinking about kids, like thought I was all like in tune, doing all the things. And I feel like now I feel a greater appreciation. I'm more in tune with myself than I've ever been, but I just feel lighter. Like knowing that I, I've done what I've done. I've birthed this child. I'm not on these fertility drugs and my gut feels like it's in tune with my mind. Like it just, everything is clicking. And I feel really, really blessed for that. Amazing. Guess what? We have come to a close. I can't believe an hour. What? Literally could have talked to you for another hour. I find you so fascinating and intelligent and funny and oh, I admire you, you so a lot. Much, Sasha. It's so, I mean, honestly, it's an honor to be on here. I've loved watching you thrive and I just can't believe that this all started in a dance studio like nine years ago. <laughs> insane. Um, before you go though, um, because the podcast is all about highlighting people that do dope shit, can you share a few names or social handles of like at least three people maybe that you think are doing dope as shit that we should be following? Um, one person is Madison Muchidal. Oh yes. I follow her. Yeah. Is amazing. And she has an amazing creative agency and she does incredible branding work and, um, social storytelling for many of the brands that we know and love. So love her. Um, also my dear friend, Brooke DeVard Ozianly, who is an executive at Instagram and also has a beauty podcast called Naked Beauty Planet, which I've been on several times. I love Brooke. I love what she creates. She's also always giving tips for creators. She's amazing. And got to also shout out Aurora. She's the bestie oh, yes. and the homie. And what she has created with the 15% pledge is absolutely phenomenal and has literally shifted $10 billion to black owned businesses in the last two years. So it's wild what she has done. And she's still the creative director of Brother Bellies, which is turning out the cutest shoes day in and day out. Hannah, thank you so much for your time and space today. Please give baby P big hugs from Maxwell and I. I will. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. For more episodes, subscribe to my friends do dope shit on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Amazon music, or wherever you listen. If you like this podcast, share it with your friends and make sure to leave a rating and a review. My friends do dope shit is produced by entertainment one. The director of programming at E1's podcast network is Sasha Tong. Executive producers, Deborah Belcourt and Sasha Tong. Producer, Allison Bruff. Associate producers, Adrian Muhajarin and Chris Chu. Edited and mixed by Adrian Muhajarin. Hosted by me, Sasha Exeter. 